It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. People have almost forgotten the cost of living crisis in the last two days. And... Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I, I don't know. But there was an article in the Examiner in the last few days, and I had read this as well elsewhere and heard it. There's a guy called Paul Horan, and he owns a fairly well-known restaurant in uh, Tremor County, Walford. It's called The Esquire, and he's in business a long time. And he was currently discussing things with his accountant with regard to how much he'd have to charge to make a profit on certain things in the current context. And he said, and this got published in the paper, a pint, a pint would have to be between 15 and 20 euro to pay for itself, let alone make a profit in the current climate. And he Currently raises, or he sells a stake in the Esquire for around 25 quid. And to make a profit on that, he'd have to raise it to about 60 quid in the current climate. And and, and those price increases would be grossly unfair. You couldn't do that to customers. People are just not going to go out if the pint was to go up to 15 quid and the stake was to go up to to 60 or, or, or more. It just wouldn't be feasible for people to go out, which means... That it wouldn't be feasible for restaurants to open. Blonet Bergen, you're a lecturer in business at the Ballymaloo Cookery School. And I think people are very, very worried about the cost of living, the cost of provision of food, the cost of cooking food. And it's it, the, the sector is terrified of what lies ahead. Good morning. Uh, good morning, PJ, and thank you for inviting me on. Um, yes, those uh, those figures that you just quoted are quite terrifying. And I suppose it's not quite as simple as that. Uh, yes, the industry are very nervous because at the moment we are in what has been... Uh, commonly known now as a a perfect storm. There are so many things that have happened in the last two years that have simply come one after the other. There hasn't really been a break. And I feel that within the industry itself, uh, people are looking at more and more and more ways to become uh, more efficient, to become leaner. And COVID began that process. And it's now having to 
ramp up to a, a level never seen before. I also feel, though, that there is perhaps an overemphasis on the whole um, having to increase prices thing. And I think we as consumers, uh, you need to be living under a rock at this stage now not to know that prices have gone up right mm-hmm. across the board. Mm-hmm. So as consumers, we uh, every choice we make um, when we go out to eat or drink uh, has an impact on a business. And uh, funny enough, I was in, my husband and I were in Cork only two weekends ago. We had a lovely long weekend in Cork. And uh, there are lots of independent businesses there, independent restaurants, cafes and pubs doing a tremendous job. And I think we as consumers now need to look at our own choices around where we decide we're going to eat and drink. And uh, most people in the industry will need, and I would be the last one to advocate price increases. You know, when I'm working with clients, I always work, or also work as an advisor in the industry. When I'm working with clients, price increases are the very last option. And anybody who's running a business will know this because there's often a very disproportionate reaction from customers to small price increases. Mm. So they would be the absolute last resort for a business to look at. And there will, unfortunately, given what we're facing now, there will be price increases. I think most businesses will try and keep those at a level where the customers are not going to say, well, I simply cannot sustain that sort of uh, cost. I think people going out for a night out, say, husband and wife going for a bit of a meal and a couple of drinks, they have a price pitch in their head. And most good business people know what that price pitch is. And for yes. people going out, they, 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 they understand that things are going to go up a bit. That's, that's inevitable. This VAT coming back in the early part of next year, that's inevitable. But there's also, they also are going to have low tolerance for being as they would see it messed around. So it's very hard to plan. You must put your menu up because some things have become just more expensive, but you've also got to keep your customer happy. I'd hate to be in that position. Yeah, it's very, very difficult. And I, you know, clients of mine and and former students of mine are, you know, I've had conversations with them in the last few weeks and they're doing everything that they can uh, to make sure that their costs are under control. So, you see, in our business, there are three areas of costs, there's food costs, labour costs and overheads. And you try and keep a balance between those and then have a little bit left for profit. But at the moment, and usually... You know, there might be increases in one of those particular areas of cost, but at the moment there are increases in the three areas of cost. So it doesn't take a genius to work out that if your all of your costs are going up at the same time, then the little bit of the pie that's going to be left for you is going to be getting smaller and smaller. So what I would say to people in the industry is that it's about looking at the costs you can control because at the moment there are some costs that are out of control. The other thing that's very much out of our control is what's coming down the line. We just simply don't know. So it's about really focusing on looking at what costs can be controlled within the business rather than looking at it because it can be a a um, self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh You say, "I, I simply can't manage this. My business is going to go under. It's about sort of sitting back and saying, right, let's analyze the business. I, I call it a CSI, a culinary scene investigation. So you're like a detective in your business looking at all of the areas of costs that you can control and are we controlling them? Because the businesses that I go into, there's almost always ways in which you can save money. And that then filters down to the customer. Mm. 
what I think is inevitable, would you say, Blonded, is tighter menus. The menu with 20 choices will be replaced by something like you often see overseas, menu del dia. You'll be faced with a, a very sm- small choice to keep prices down. Do you know what, PJ? One of the great things that happened during COVID, and there weren't very many, let's face it, was that menus became smaller. Mm. Because I, I would be a huge advocate of smaller menus and better quality. Yeah. And uh, there will be smaller menus, but I, I think, you know, in the industry, everybody knows this. When you have a smaller menu, you can focus then on making the menu that you have the best it can be. Indeed. I don't think menus are going to get so small that uh, they, you know, if customers would say, well, there's nothing here for me to eat. I don't think that's going to happen because people who are seasoned in the industry know that a certain amount of choice is needed. Mm. But the quality of that choice... But you might go from uh, six choices down to three, say. Unlikely. Really? I'd, I'd, be, I'd, be, sur- I'd be surprised. Yeah, I would be surprised. Okay, okay. It, would also, it also means, and another you know, great thing that happened during COVID, and this might be slightly controversial, uh, is the demise of the Carvery uh, lunch. Because one of the fastest ways to lose money, and, and I mean super fastest ways to lose money in food, is to have a Carvery. Really? So, oh, absolutely. And I love yeah, Carvery now, Blood. Oh, Tell me well, more God, here. PJ, now I'm afraid. <laughs> I love Carvery. Uh, so, if you think about the Carvery model, it's yeah. sort of, a very, it's almost like a self-service model, but people queue up. And then, you see, the trouble is that if you, uh, if, you know, if Johnny's coming in five days a week to get his meal, uh, or Mary, and they're saying to the chap behind the counter, you know, would you give us another slice or two of that beef? Sure, you know, sure, who's going to notice? <laughs> I know it's Then, mean. you know, that's your margins. And, uh, you know, one hotel operator said to me recently, who's gotten rid of her Carvery and is delighted about it, um, said that, you know, there, it was getting to the point where people were saying, will you give me one of those chicken fillets there and I'll take it home and have it for my dinner? <laughs> you know, and, and so, uh, so the Carvery uh, and also, of course, not even begin to talk about food waste yeah. uh, you know the types of because it's so hard to control the demand on yeah. a carvery and then what do you do with the, with the waste? Is it just me as well but I've noticed a, a demise in a hot hotel breakfast what I mean by that is you get your you get your buffet with your fruit and your buns and your things like that Another but one of the, my pet hates anyway uh, but, the, but the hot breakfast buffet seems to be gone you, you order your breakfast now off a menu and it comes in a, in a set size. There's no more queuing up and saying, give me three fried eggs and four slices of sausages. and There's none of that anymore. Yeah. And again, I think that's quite a positive thing from two angles. First of all, from a food waste angle, because there is a huge, huge food waste on those breakfast buffets. And then we as consumers, I've been guilty of it myself, we load up our plates and we leave a third of it on the plate. Yeah. And if you did that at home with your mammy, she'd be giving, giving you yes. a clip across the year because yes, you're wasting yes, food. Yes. But we think nothing of doing it in the hotel context. So again, I would see that very much as a positive because a freshly cooked breakfast uh, should, in theory, taste a heck, heck of a lot better than one that's been sitting in a Bain Marie for hours on a, on a Well, buffet. it does, to be fair. I'll, 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 yeah. I'll grant you that. Yeah. Do yeah. you see, Blonid, and you say you work as an advisor as well as a lecturer, do you see, unfortunately, that by, say, six months from today, some businesses will have unfortunately succumbed here? I think some businesses will. And you see, it's never as simple as it looks when a business uh, closes. Uh, and there, you know, I come from, I grew up in a business. So uh, one of the things that consumers, again, need to understand 
if you don't come from a business background, is the courage it takes to start a business mm-hmm. and the resilience and the persistence that it takes every single day to start a business. So, But businesses don't go out of business, in, you know, uh, overnight. That just as unless something really tragic happens, like a fire or something like that, businesses go out of business slowly. So it's a slow drip of, you know, costs not being fully looked at. I'll give you an interesting experience I had recently uh, in a restaurant, which remain nameless, obviously. Um, so my husband and I had dinner and uh, we had um, two main courses and starter or whatever desserts. And when it came to the bill, uh, my husband looked at it and he said, uh, I think we haven't been charged for our main courses here. So uh, we hadn't, in fact, been charged for our main courses, which came to 48 euros. Mm-hmm. Now, we had two choices there as a consumer. We could have walked out the door and said, happy days, we, you know, we haven't been charged. Uh, but we did the opposite because, you know, I'm the industry and all the rest of it. And, and it, besides anything else, it would have been an immoral thing to do. So brought it to the attention of the manager. But I suppose what, what, what is worrying for the industry is that this has happened to me so often. I know you're going to have people ringing in and saying, now, I've been overcharged rather than undercharged. But yeah. lots of people will... Lots of people don't actually check their bills. You might be surprised to hear that, but you know, people often don't actually check the bill. They'll just pay it. Now, I think that's going to become less and less because people will be checking. But uh, my sister and her husband had the same experience in that restaurant 10 days previously. So if you're a restaurant owner and people are walking out the door, either by accident or design, not having paid for the food that you cooked and served mm-hmm. and all the rest of it, that is what I call a sort of an invisible cost. It's the cost that is chipping away at your bottom line. And then so all of those small little things that are not being kept an eye on, eventually one day something tips it over the edge. And unfortunately, there's so many things at the moment that have the capacity to tip that over the edge. Mm. People, are, of course, who are going out are also on a, a tight budget because their electricity yes. bills have gone up and their grocery bills have gone up. So... Over the months to come, as, as, as someone who likes to eat and drink out from time to time, how can I help? How can people listening help this morning? You and people listening can help by choosing independent businesses. You have a number of absolutely fabulous cafes there in Cork, uh, in Cork City and in the county. You, you're known for as the, the capital of the country. We all know that. And you have fabulous places to eat. And I think when people are choosing to eat out, it is important to choose an independent business. Uh, not because, you know, obviously they'll have to be serving something nice and all the rest of it. But I would say that is one thing. And the other thing is, uh, and this is... Uh, this is something that uh, a lot of people in the industry have a problem with. If you book a restaurant and you're not going to go, please let them know. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, I see so many yeah. people that I know in the industry and they say, oh, God, a no-show for eight people. That's yeah. just yeah. horrible. Would you agree, la- lastly and briefly, yes. as just as a side on that, it's often been discussed. Would you agree with taking a fiver per head as a penalty? Absolutely, without question. It's the most reprehensible thing to do to a business owner to book. And and I was in a conversation with a group of people once and there was somebody saying, well, I usually book four restaurants and I go to one. Well, I had a complete meltdown with them because I thought it is just such a nasty thing to do. So I I think if you think about it, when you book a theater or you book a hotel, particularly hotels, they'll take your credit card number. 
And if you don't turn up, you'll be charged. Yes. So I think restaurants, uh, absolutely, I would completely agree with that. All right, Lola, thank you very much. Uh, for being with us today. That's Blonid Bergen, a business lecturer at Ballin Local Quiz School, and of course, her own restaurant advisor with the business of food. Thank you, Blonid. Tough times ahead, but uh, support local. Corks 96 FM.